Hello and welcome to another episode of 10 Podcast Lane. In this episode, we continue with the story of the Amityville Horror, taking up where we left off in part 1, 13 months after the macabre murders took place in 112 Ocean Drive on November 13, 1974 by Ronald DeFeo Jr. The Amityville House is one of the most famous haunting cases in the world. Ronald DeFeo's brutality captivated the world for a brief moment, but mass murderers are soon forgotten as another twisted monster comes along, ups the ante, and makes us all forget about the last one. But we didn't forget about the house. 112 Ocean Avenue still captivates us. But not so much because of what Ronald DeFeo did there but more because of the supernatural, and by some accounts, demonic events that George Lutz and his family went through for 28 days after they moved in. George and Cathy Lutz were married in July 1975. It was both second marriage, and Cathy had children from her previous marriage. They decided to sell both of their houses and combine households. Cathy's house sold first, so the Lutzes all packed into George's house until they could find something suitable for all of them. According to George, they looked at about 50 homes over the months from when they decided to combine the households. George said in interviews, that they had actually gone to contract on another home about a month before they found the Amityville house. It was smaller than 112 Ocean Avenue, and it needed repairs that the sellers were not willing to negotiate on. And so, when that fell through, they just kept looking, and eventually found the Amityville house from an ad in a local newspaper. The new house was expensive, but it was so beautiful, exactly what they were looking for, and had the added feature of a boathouse to the rear. They discussed current outgoings on their mortgages, plus actually had a boat that was costing extra in docking fees, and realised they would actually be able to afford this house, taking everything into account. Lutz recalled that they first went into 112 Ocean Avenue in late August, early September, of 1975 for a first viewing. Lutz was quoted as saying in an interview, so the realtor showed us the house, Lutz said. When she showed it to us, she said, I don't know if she should tell you now or after you've seen the house, but this was the house that the DeFeo murders took place in. We kind of looked at each other like we weren't sure what she was talking about. And then she reminded us about Ronald DeFeo having killed his whole family. It had been in the newspapers about a year before. They continued to talk about the house. It had made that much of an impact on them. And Lutz later went on to say, in the first movie that was done about this, James Brolin says something to the effect of the houses don't have memories. And I think that's the way we thought, without a doubt. 
It never occurred to us that the house would be uninhabitable. We had concern for the kids. You don't just force your kids to move into a place like this. That's not how we did things. But they had no reservations. And we went back at least two more times. We drove around the town a little bit, around the neighborhood, and we spent more time looking through the house. Eventually, we made an offer. The Lutz family offered $80,000, and the deal was accepted by the DeFeo estate for a house that was well worth over that amount. George sold his house, and the move-in date was set. A close friend of George's, though, had concern and was adamant they should get the house blessed based on what had happened there before. Although not very religious, they agreed, and while in the process of moving into the house, had let a priest in to bless it in its entirety. The first night they moved in proper, there was nothing of note that happened, just George complaining that he could not get the heat into him, and broken sleep. Over the coming days, it was noted that there were certain parts of the house that had severe, noticeable cold spots, but no draft or cause could be found. The events, which were greatly dramatised for the film, gradually started to escalate. George would be awakened by the banging of the front door, which no one else would hear, and when would go to investigate, the door would be shut, and the dog asleep beside it, undisturbed. Then, when he retreated back to the bedroom, the radio downstairs would switch on, gradually increasing in volume. This was a constant, regular occurrence. Then, followed the constant footsteps downstairs. One or two at first, but then the sound of loads of footsteps. And when he would go to check, halfway down the stairs, he would realize there was no one down there. As the days progressed, Kathy Lutz aged in an unnaturally fast way. The house, it seems, affected everyone differently. George stated, She would feel someone come up behind her and embrace her. She would smell this perfume that was forgive the expression, old lady perfume. She would then feel embraced and it would be comforting. And that's not something that she'd ever gone through before. When she turned into an old woman, she didn't just age a little, she aged a lot. She turned into someone completely different physically than I had ever thought was possible. Her mother saw this too. Now, that's not normal by any means. This was all happening in the span of just a few weeks, as the Lutz family only lived in Amityville for 28 days. 28 fucking days, and this kind of escalation in paranormal activity was occurring. And it only intensified from here, and the whole family began hearing footsteps through the entire house. Then, one day when Caddy was cleaning and putting items away in the basement, 
she went to see if the bookcase below was movable and found what can only be described as a miniature hidden room painted completely red. The Lutzes eventually got the plans for the house, but the hidden room was not included in the plans. Lutz described the space as big enough for two very friendly people to sit together, but there was something else about this space. The room had odours coming out of it, Lutz said, and they weren't always there, and there was no pipe access for sewers, nothing like that. George took his dog Harry down there, and there was no way in hell the dog would enter the room. Even when coaxed with treats, he just wouldn't go in. Again, the film is just that. It's a film that expands on the actual occurrences, and George noted that the events themselves never got that bad to the point of where they were in the film. But he added that Cathy's excessive, sudden aging, George being constantly sick, and losing lots of weight added to the cold spots constant noises and the children having nightmares every night and waking up with sleep paralysis weighed heavy on them and they became withdrawn from the world the kids missed school George would not show up for work and Cathy never once showed up for classes she had enrolled in this was enough to make them feel something wasn't right. Again, all these things, all these happenings and changings, occurred only in 28 days. Then, on the day they decided to leave, the two boys were trying to come down the stairs, petrified, but something unseen would not let them down the stairs, and George, seeing the fear in them, tried to run to get them. But this unseen force also stopped him from getting to them. It soon passed and they ran to each other, the kids visibly trembling, and decided then to leave and go to Catty's mother's house, not realising this would be the last time they would be in 112 Ocean Avenue. The unseen force followed them to Catty's mother's though, where they recall more sleep paralysis, nightmares, noises and even levitation while they were in bed, and Cathy's mother was witness to all of this. Eventually, the Lutzes arranged a meeting with Ronald Butch DeFeo's attorney to discuss what kinds of things may have happened in 112 Ocean Avenue before they moved in. There was no doubt in our minds that he, DeFeo, was influenced by what was in the house, Lutz said. The story broke, as Lutz explained, when a man named Paul Hoffman, a supposed criminologist, took notes at the behest of the attorney, but in actuality, he wrote an article and sold it to good housekeeping. Of course, without permission. This named the Lutz family, or for want of a better word, outed them and left them no option but to come forward and tell their side of the story. Of all the news teams, reporters, religious people and colleges that came to study the house and stay in it, all claimed that the house had an unnerving feeling towards them 
with one college stating, whatever haunted that house was not of this earth. George Lutz, the 28 days in Amdeville, changed his perspective on faith and he converted to Catholicism. George and Cathy later divorced, but remained civil and friends. So, it's not as chilling as what occurred in the film, but the Amadeville haunting the Lutz family endured over those 28 days will live on and to this day cannot be explained. So that does it for another episode of 10 Podcast Lane. Um, this double episode is real fun. I still don't know what to fucking make of it, to be honest. I think I think the Ronald DeFeo story is a bit more creepy because everyone was fucking shot in the back of the head. That's pretty mental. Um, and it actually happened. Whereas the, the Lutz family, they passed lie detector tests and everything else, but... Um, you just never know with this kind of thing, like how accurate are lie detector tests. Still creepy. The films are fantastic and obviously some shit happened that uh, freaked them out because they left the gaff after fucking 28 days. A gaff is a house, by the way. Apologies. That's uh, my Irish slang coming out. But um, yeah, fantastic. Really liked the uh, reading up on these, like getting the, the proper stories on them and whatnot are as proper as, as I could find. But um, enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, as always, until next time, aim for the bushes.